Okay, well, I'll open. We're back. Uh, welcome back to another episode of another co- podcast. The podcast. I have Mark Rose here. I'm Steve. Uh, now, I did tell Randy and Jeanette, the interns, I had explicit instructions to make sure as I included in the show notes from last week that our guest this week was going to be Candy Maldonado. Um, do you know if Randy or, or uh, Jeanette came through? I don't know, but is this, are we in the seventies because our interns are named Randy and Jeanette? <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? They're just, they're trying Let's be to honest. Play. Our interns are named Aiden and uh, Skyler, I think probably. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I'm not the dad. Why don't you, uh, why don't you tell the good listeners who we have this week? A very dear friend of ours. Right. Making his podcast debut. He's already asked for copies of this to protect his intellectual property because <laughs> uh, he's going places and I don't doubt him for a second uh jeff i don't know oh should we say we should have covered this before let's go with jeff w from the t dot the six how's it going gentlemen it's going well a little bit of context uh jeff and i are older friends i guess than steve and I, not comparatively but just literally um I'm, jeff and i've known each other since what i guess 2000 2001 we lived together in peterborough ontario yeah that's when the journey began yeah it was uh <laughs> and i i worry sometimes about uh uh just the person i was back then and kind of the i don't know whatever i portrayed back then i've certainly i hope that uh, i've progressed in a lot of ways um but uh, yeah man uh jeff is a smart guy i was saying to steve before he came on or else we wouldn't have invited him <laughs> obviously one of the smartest guys uh, i know um but at the same time, just a gigantic prick. And uh, no. Uh, Slap that E on the episode. Just a really, a really good dude. And we obviously all went down to uh, spring training in Dunedin a few years ago. Um, and, yeah, uh, 2017. Kind of bonded and uh, created uh, just friendships and brotherhoods that, uh, geez, we'll, we'll always have and cherish. So awesome to have you on, man. Um, can't believe we haven't had John before, to be honest. Uh, yeah, this, um, you know, it's, uh, I'm excited, you know, I'll put it that way. I'm excited. And, uh, and I'm glad, uh, that our friendship was able to weather my unique brand of, um, heckling while we're down. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. That was... I was thinking about that today, actually. Um, so you and I actually had a sports blog at some point too, right? Like I was remembering that today also, um, like Steve when and I we had the were... podcast, and then you yep. me, and Latoya, who I used to work with, started, um, God, some kind of blog and website back in those days, too. That's when we were uh, submitting content for free to Bleacher Report. Oh, yeah, I oh remember man, that. I forgot about that even, too. Let's uh, let's go back and try to get some of the money from, from them. Didn't yeah. they make it big? <laughs> yeah, once, was... they, uh, once they sold to Turner Sports. Oh, yeah, right. Well... We got in on the ground floor and something else we invented. It, it's funny because I, I, Jeff and I have a very, well, and Dave too, to a certain extent, our other friend, um, very unique friendship in that Jeff, you and I, I guess, first met, I guess, electronically through fantasy sports um, mm -hmm. via Mark back in right. 20 or 2005. I'd say when we were in college, Mark, and, you know, we'd, we'd play baseball, I think football for sure, baseball, definitely, uh, some hockey pools and uh every pool for at least a decade and then we ended up meeting in 2017 and that was for the first time but it honestly felt like i'd known you a lifetime already because of the uh, fantasy sports connection so it's amazing that yeah. uh oh sorry i jeff he was talking to you so i should let you respond god damn yeah, it. I, I need to write down <laughs> shut up and slow down to myself all the time sorry everyone yeah no it was uh it was pretty awesome uh, i mean obviously i knew what you looked like because uh i'm an internet creep and I went on your Facebook page and found everything else I need to know about you. Uh, but no, no, it was, uh, uh, it was, it was awesome. I mean, uh, we all, uh, that, that trip was the four of us, right? Who else yeah. was there? Dave? It was Dave. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. He's so forgettable. I just usually just think about the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, no, it was, uh, um, it was a great trip. And, uh, like, like you said, it was, you know, it's like we've been friends for a decade because in a way we have that's just kind of the world we live in now right the digital age that's it that's it well What's happy to cool have you from my perspective um just being the glue guy of every relationship that i forge and bringing people together it was cool to see that just the, the pinnacle and uh you know 
a life lifelong work of friends coming together. Once again, I made it happen. So what are we talking about this uh, this week, Mark? Oh God, I don't know, man. You have the manifest. Oh, I thought maybe I'd give you an opportunity to mention what we were talking about. Well, it is uh, Super Bowl week. We'll <laughs> talk a bit about that. Tom Brady, uh, obviously the Baseball Hall of Fame. If we want to call it that happened last week. Some big news in baseball. Jeff is, um, like us, a baseball nut. So I'm sure we'll definitely want to talk on many topics related to that sport. Um, and then just a general potpourri. I know that last week we had tried to follow the Trivial Pursuit method whereby we were trying to keep um, all the categories in mind throughout the episode hitting on every one of them and mark do you remember what the categories are uh i think we did that pretty successfully last week we start with blue which i think was geography traditionally um and just by talking about professional sports we obviously talk about cities and states and therefore geography and also i guess provinces because we are Canadian. why do i just default to states bad bad habit um oh you have your arts and culture you have your history obviously you have science um arts entertainment so yeah i think uh so we'll keep that in mind as we three uh, smart well-read guys can hit all those so uh, on the other side when we come back we'll uh, start off with baseball and then uh, i guess we'll see we'll see as i like to say where the wind blows here's a word from snippers Catch. It took me a worked. while, but I uh, eventually recognized that that was Jeff. Classic <laughs> chirping. Who were you, um, Travis? Who were you chirping? I can't remember. So it was it was the, the Red Phillies, Sox. Right? Um, I thought it was the Red Sox. I thought it was the first game. I'm pretty sure it might have been the Red Sox. Although I could be wrong. Maybe it was the Phillies. I don't know. Unless you were trying, you were yelling Devin Travis, but calling him his last name, which I don't know. No, anyway. I, I would I would have been heckling someone from the other team. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, yeah, the the other teams was on the bump for sure. Yeah. It was spring training, so who knows? Lots of, yeah. lots of uh, non. Ricky Vaughn, maybe perhaps I'm not sure. Lots of, yeah. Do, lots do, of... do you re- do you remember the second game and the people that were around us were talking to them, making friends, and they're like, "Did you hear that guy yesterday heckling? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he was the absolute worst." And we're like, "Oh yeah, we heard him. Like, fuck that guy." <laughs> like yeah screw that guy and then i went and then i started heckling again yeah, and they just like... all slowly turned and looked at me like you motherfucker <laughs> like, yeah it's me i'm back i'm back uh, I'm back so, bitches yeah we'll get to uh we'll, we'll get to baseball but um so i i will i guess i don't know if it's not giving credit where it's due but i guess going back on my word anyway like I, and it's just a product of covid and being sequestered by myself for the most part and just looking for any kind of entertainment value. Right. So I, I've kind of got into football a little bit. Like I watched most of wildcard weekend uh, just cause there was really nothing on at all. And, uh, and yeah, obviously it's the super bowl now. Right. And uh, lo and behold, here we are again, Tom Brady in his 10th one uh, against the Kansas city chiefs. Well, I guess I'm not that into it cause I had to stop and think about who they were playing so the chief one. <laughs> The Chiefs won last year, and uh, the narrative now is, you know, it's the new goat versus kind of maybe the old goat. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's arguable still. Um, I don't stand for Tom Brady like I used to. Uh, the Trump stuff did it for me. That was kind of the last blow. Um, with, But I've also just been out of football, right, since like 20 – I think like the last Super Bowl the Patriots won – no, maybe the second to last one was that comeback against the Falcons. Wasn't uh, that the last one? The previous I, one? I don't know. That? Yeah, I think the last one was the Falcons. And then previous to that was the, um, oh, no, they lost to Seattle. No, they beat Seattle. No, they beat, beat Seattle. Yeah. Sorry, pardon me. That was before Seattle. that, I think, though. Um, but yeah, it, so that, that was around the time I was like, that was the Super Bowl I didn't care about. And the Patriots were in it. I was like, uh, I don't really care. I remember checking the score and they were down 24 nothing, and I shrugged. The only reason I kind of cared was just to be a, like a shit 
to people that hate Brady, um, you know, kind of play that angle up, which I will be doing again Sunday with um, a friend of mine who hates Brady. But um, yeah, he's in his 10th Super Bowl, which is obviously uh, an impressive feat. But uh, I like the narrative of the new versus the old. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's great. I think it, it's almost fitting in a way, the way that the, the, the trajectory is for, um, oh my God, I was, if I'm drawing a blank on Casey's pay, thank you, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's going up, up, up in terms of, you know, his rank and, and what he's doing on the field. Um, so I think it's fitting. It's exciting to watch um, from that respect and that angle. But um, it's, I think what's, I find most interesting so far anyway, is that it's the first team to host uh, and play in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I guess it makes sense. The only time I probably would have thought that that would happen would be when, um, when Kurt Warner and the Arizona Cardinals were, you know, were competitive and competing for the Super Bowl because they tend to host them. It seems like every third year or fourth year. So, but yeah, Jeff. I'm just looking forward to two weeks after the Super Bowl when half of them die of COVID. <laughs> only 20 only twenty two thousand fans man only twenty two thousand. yeah, yeah it's crazy. a fucking super spreader man only in florida man mm-hmm. yeah that part uh is absolutely like just ridiculous um, but, i mean sports sports stories aside i mean if you just want to look at the game and some storylines um i think regardless of who wins you, you're going to have a great sports story you're going to have you know if the chiefs win you're going to have mahomes kind of taking that mantle from um, from Tom Brady officially as, you know, the next great quarterback of the next 10 to 12 years. But if Tampa Bay wins, um, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time, as much as it hurts me to say that as a Dolphins fan, um, uh, the greatest quarterback of all time walking off into the sunset, winning his, what is it? How many Super Bowls would this be? That'd be seven, be wouldn't it? Seven, yeah, this, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, walking off with his seventh Super Bowl, in his last season with a brand new team away from mm-hmm. Belichick. I mean, there's, there's multiple storylines you can go with this game that, um, you know, just as a, regardless of your fan of other team, just as a fan of sports stories in general, um, either way, you're not going to be disappointed. He came out today, Jeff, and said that he wants to play till at least he's 45. So he's not going to pull an Elway at least this year. Uh, well, I'll be 45 this year, and uh, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life at 45? I, what, how come I can't even round the fucking else? bases anymore. I had to quit softball. <laughs> me too, man. Me too. Like I, w- I would get the third base. I'm like, fuck. I don't want the home run. I just want to catch my breath. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it, man. He's been. He's not a guy like even like a Ben Roethlisberger or, you know, there's some quarterbacks who obviously haven't aged as gracefully as Brady and, you know, through protection. And that's not, you know, to apologize for, you know, or to say that he's been a benefactor. I don't need to tell everybody I've been a Brady apologist forever, but. Um, you throw Philip Rivers in that um, mix too? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he was ever routinely hurt. Like Brady had the big injury once, right? Like where yeah. when the MCL and the ACL went out and that was a year. Uh, but really that was it. Uh, but I mean, there's guys that are banged up all the time and how Roethlisberger's lasted this long. I, I have no idea. I'm sure it has a lot to do with his, his, his newfound Christian faith. Um, but uh, yeah. What, what's, what, what did I just laugh. Ben Roethlisberger is, is born again. Oh yeah. That's, that's at least four or five years old. I feel. So he's no longer so, pouring vodka down the shirt <laughs> women in bars. So, and so did Jesus forgive him for the ass rape and the, uh, um, <laughs> In, in that uh, college bar like 15 years ago that's what it was that's right oh, in the bathroom wasn't it yeah, yeah. well I, yeah N- nothing says sorry about the sodomy like praising jesus right? <laughs> man. man completely washed and and abashed of those sins um but yeah br- uh, yeah jeff you bring up a good point like love him or hate him uh i mean and again i, I certainly don't love him like i used to but uh, damn it do i respect him uh Tom Brady in his 10th Super Bowl. And I talked to wanted to talk about this a little bit last week, but I think we just either ran out of time or maybe we did talk about it and I forgot because that happens a lot these days. But like sure, yeah. Compare that to someone who like he beat in the NFC title game, Aaron Rodgers, who has been in one Super Bowl. And but he's like oh, incredible, yeah. right? Yeah. But like, man, 
now all of a sudden him and Tom Brady have won the same amount of NFC championships. Like yeah, well, we had talked earlier in the week, the Green Bay Packers, what was it, 27 years with Favre and Rodgers at the helm. And they're they the have, Atlanta Braves of the NFL. They, right? That's a great that point. Yeah, could have won multiple, multiple times, and it really only clicked for them, well, twice, I guess, but once under Favre and, and then once under uh, Rodgers. Right? Only Favre only got one, right? Yes. Uh, one or two. No, I think it may have been two. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Brett Favre. Jeff, Brett Favre titles? Uh, Super Bowls? Uh, yes. At least two. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think like it's any more Chargers, than two. He beat the Chargers and Stan Humphreys one year, which was a joke. And then I think he beat the Ravens one year. Perhaps. No, they're in the same conference. That's ridiculous. What a stupid – I'm thinking of the Broncos. Uh, anyways, I think he might only have one. Okay, so off the top of your head, Mark, who would like if you were to give your best of the 10 teams that Brady went to the Super Bowl with, which one would be your favorite? Understanding that well, the last couple you weren't as interested as perhaps the first, you know, five, yeah, six, or seven. But I, I used to be a Patriots, like I used to be a ridiculous Patriots fan, right? Like, um, I always I like Bledsoe, and then obviously that morphed into Brady. And I think for that reason, those first two Super Bowls are number one and two because the first one was. Like it put an end to the greatest show on turf and the Kurt Warner and the St. Louis Rams show, right? Because yeah. the, the Brady and the Pats were huge underdogs going into that Super Bowl against the Rams. And the Rams, I think, were trying to repeat too. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm going to get a little corny here, but I had a dream the night before that the Patriots won and I woke up feeling so confident. I'm like, yeah, the Patriots are going to win. And then I remember they got, uh, oh, this is going to make some people sick, but. I remember they they chose to be announced as a team. <laughs> they came out on the field, and that was like a symbolic thing. But those first two Super Bowls, uh, let's not forget, like they were not – like they were Adam Venateri wins, basically, right? Yeah. Like Adam Venateri won them those first two Super Bowls against uh, the Rams and then the Eagles. Um, Wasn't it the Panthers too? Uh, like the first was the, or second That one? was the third one, I think. Oh, there's so many. That's the that's the problem. You start to uh, yeah lose track. Yeah, um, but yeah, those so the first two uh, were 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 the two best ones. The third one I'm gonna say is actually for a kind of fucked up reason, but kind of a learning point as an adult. And actually, the one you were at, man, you attended this one and you jinxed it. I did jinx it. And, that's, uh, that's a 100 a fact. It, when I lived in Calgary and was with Colleen, God bless her. <laughs> God bless her um, and her patience at the time, because I was not a mature man at the time. And uh, man, that was the end of the perfect season, right? Eli Manning uh, and that stupid David Tyree helmet catch. Uh, yeah, I was, I was there. It was, it was great. Actually, no, it wasn't great. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, I lost my mind. And uh, to the point where I ended up embarrassed about how much I lost my mind that they lost that game. And uh and uh, it was like, okay, you need to understand that you're at a certain age now where it's not okay to react to things like this that way. And uh, so I took it as a learning point. Uh, hope I grew from it and uh, have never really reacted, I hope, that way to a sporting event since. Good or bad. Never get too high. Never get too low. Take your medication. Mark <laughs> communication. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Brett Favre won uh, one Super Bowl. Right, against the Chargers, one. right? Uh, yes. 94, 95? Uh, something like that. It was Super Bowl uh, 31, so... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, who knows? Ask me to do math. So, yeah. So, <laughs> let's uh, let's pivot over to TWIB. That's what TWIB? it basically is. It's ba TWIB, This Week in Baseball. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so, what's happened this week in baseball? Hmm. Well, let's start with... I guess Nothing really. Let's start with the normal ladder trade. Can we like, actually just quickly start with um, all right? The, let's do all the things that you want. To do. <laughs> the Hall of Fame induction. Right. Okay. Let's go in chronological order. First I, time I, it's uh first time in nine years. Is it? The first, uh, or yeah. sorry, since twenty yeah twenty thirteen. Sorry, pardon me. Eight years that no one was um inducted. Oh my god. Twenty thirteen eight years ago. Yeah. Shit. And then Kurt Schilling, I think, had said, "You know what? That's okay. I'll, be, I'll take my name off the ballot." He's done. As He's had enough. To sure, many people were like, "Thank you," but we already did that last year. Uh, um, 
Barry Bonds didn't get enough, and he was obviously complaining too. Yeah, there's um, one big gainer, right? And I feel like the only winner throughout this, or from what I've heard anyway, was Scott Rowland. Like he gained the most and seems to be asshole. projectoring or on the trajectory to uh, the Hall of Fame. We kind of got our takes on this last week. I'm curious to see what Jeff thinks about kind of the Hall of Fame and it coming up with a big fat zero this year. And I don't know, what are your thoughts on like the PED guys and things like that? Um, huh, this is an old argument. I remember getting into this argument with. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Dave. Like, <laughs> no, like, like, I, I'm not that. I don't, I'm not that angry about performance enhancing drugs. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't irk me, like it does other people. Like, it's the the advantage that it gives you. Um, I don't see that as that being that significant. Um, you're talking like. It doesn't give you um, better bat speed. Um, it allows you to recover from injuries faster um, and it turns you into a Hulk. So you, you go from, um, you know, what was Barry Bonds numbers before PEDs? He was still on his way to a hall of fame career. Mm-hmm. He just That's altered nice. his, he just altered his stat line. So instead of being like a, a 4,000 um, hit baseball player, uh, he became the 900 home run guy, but he's still on a home run, uh, still on a hall of fame trajectory. So I'm not a, as upset about the, the PEDs as other people um for me it's um uh, i don't think it's the the drugs i think people are hiding behind that they're using the 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 drugs as an issue to not put guys like him and uh and clemens in the hall of fame but what it really is is those guys are pricks and they were uh pricks to all of all the media so these journalists that vote for hall of fame they fucking hate these guys so this this is their small man syndrome way to get back you know, you're mean to me in uh, the clubhouse, so I'm not going to pitch in the Hall of Fame. And then they're going to use uh, the PEDs as, as their shield. Mm. Begs the question, though, like, given that, you know, this really the PED thing, you know, was in the early 2000s, you know, 1998 was kind of 99 was when it really started to, I guess, have people notice what was going on. Everyone um, was doing it. Fucking yeah, Steve Zahn was doing it. That's right. And and <laughs> if you think Greg's to, if, Don't Greg's on. And if you think to back yeah, then, Greg's on. Who cares? That fucking guy. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. And but if you think to back then, there really, you know, there wasn't really much to complain about with baseball, other than the fact that they were struggling to come back from the strike, and the fans weren't as accepting after that shortened season. Absolutely. Um, and well, the built- steroid and but hold on. And then the steroid um, issue gave them something to focus and deflect all their anger towards. So yeah, in my mind, it begs the question, like, would it be a big of an issue now as it was 25 years ago, 20, 25 years ago, perhaps maybe, but I'm not a hundred percent certain about that. Well, I, for me, the, the hall of fame is, debutant ball for grown-ass men uh, it's um come and show me what you got and if i like you enough um you know i'll vote for you um uh the whole to me the whole thing is pointless uh hall, hall of fames in general like um like is, is that really how you cap your career i'm in the hall of fame or uh is it the titles that you won uh is it uh um, you know, the bonds that you made with your teammates. Is it uh, the joy that you gave fans? Um, you know, does, does, think if, it, you ask, if you ask a Hall of Famer and they tell you of, of all the accolades that you ever got and what's your favorite one, I would be personally surprised if any of them said Hall of Fame. No, I think it might, might be more for themselves, though, that, you know, if, they, if a player that they looked up to, to that they tried to emulate growing up and they, they shaped their game around, was you know in the in the Hall of Fame as one of the predominant you know shortstops or center fielders or starting pitchers or what have you, and, and then take they the were, voting away from journalists yeah. and give it to players. Yeah, that's a great point. That would be one way to to uh, have it be peer peer well, evaluation. Every single year, the narrative seems to be that it becomes more and more of a joyless exercise for these journalists anyway, right? Like a lot of them forego it now and don't even do it out of some kind of protest or like whatever the reason yeah. i think jeff you nailed a lot of there or at least a lot of things that i agree with starting with yeah people with small man syndrome holding this over players right like that was a notorious 
trope for Jack Morris over the years. And he might be a borderline guy. And because of that, maybe not the best example, but um, again, to that end, I'm with you in not caring about this. And that irks Dave. And this is, it's too bad that Dave missed, missed this one because it would have been a good one for, to hear from him because he is more, much more impassioned about uh, the hall of fame and talking about it and the different debates and stuff like that. And that, to be honest, might be one of the reasons uh, I don't care because <laughs> I just had to hear about it for so long. But, um, and I'd say that if he was on also, I've told him that many times, but uh, yeah. The hall of fame. No, to me, it's, but it does mean a lot to some people like Joe Morgan, for instance, Joe Morgan was adamant and he wrote letters to, I don't know to who, but like a few years ago to the voters or the committee or whatever, adamant about not allowing PED users in the hall of fame. Like to him, this mattered a lot. And I almost feel bad for people like that, who just, you know, it care it meant so much to them. And a person who's on the outside like Pete Rose, who this obviously means a lot to still, right? Like, like yeah. it's his life's uh, work to get into the Hall of Fame still. Um, and I just end up feeling bad for him because fuck, like I just like, it, it's a, it's a, it's an artificial thing. And I think like, like a guy like Hank Aaron, who we obviously talked about a lot last week, Steve, I, I don't think he was one of the kind of people who would care about being in the Hall of Fame or not. I think he would be happy with his career and just be unassuming as hell about all of it and say, yeah, you know, I know I was good. My peers know I was good. Um, that's all I need. But I do think it means a lot to some players and to some Hall of Famers. Like Larry Walker, for example, last year, like that, it clearly meant a lot to Larry Walker to get into the Hall of Fame, right? Um, now, now, correct me if I'm wrong. I see your, your note about Arenado. Uh, just one final thing on the Hall of Fame. It's just baseball that has this agonizing uh, debate on player morality to get into the hall. Right. You really don't hear this about hockey or baseball or basketball. Uh, it's really just baseball. Um, and it just seems to be, it's all part of the same issue that baseball continues to have. Um, and it's this rigidity. Absolutely. It's this, it's this refusal to, to get over certain things. It's, it's this refusal to grow uh, with uh, the culture uh, around you um, and just hold on tightly to what they consider tradition. Yeah. Agreed. 100%. Uh, let's go and pivot to the uh, Nolan Arenado trade, which I guess isn't official, but um, he saw like part of the process was him having to write out that he would accept the trade. And apparently that happened today. So that's another checkpoint passed, but he's headed to the St. Louis Cardinals for a dog's breakfast. Um, oh man. Aaron Gomber, I guess, which is the highlight of uh, the package, but uh, man, what uh, what a deal for the Cardinals and the Rockies. I, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start things off here. Like, uh it drives me nuts. And, and baseball is veering to a point where I can see myself losing interest eventually because of the way it's being managed. Like I don't, don't, don't have a team, don't have a franchise. If this is how you're going to treat players two or three years into a contract that you draft, that you bring up, that you grow and that you apparently build a team around, I guess, but no, because things have gone bad for the first years of that contract. And I guess the narrative now switches to immediately. Well, obviously we can't win with this guy. So let's take our medicine here and let's start the process all over again. But I just don't understand the point of doing that with homegrown talent like that. Um, I don't like it from the future of baseball's perspective. Yeah. And Durant. It was a good one. Someone else talk now. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. It uh, it has to be tough to be a Rockies fan. Oh. Um, uh, top top of mind. When's the last time they signed a big time free agent pitcher? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. They, they draft some talented arms, but as soon as they're free agents, they dip. No one wants to pitch there. I don't think they will ever sign 
a marquee free agent unless someone's it's going to be someone's last contract and they grossly overpay so this individual doesn't care uh, about what their stats are because they've they're looking for their sunset contract or they're from them they're they're not going to sign like Garrett Cole is never going to sign with them Mm. um like they're not going to get these marquee like Bowers never is not going to he's not going to sign the Rockies obviously for other reasons other than you know uh uh, altitude but um they're not going to sign a marquee free agent pitcher they'll sign bats people will love to hit there no one loves to pitch there so at some point um does this franchise not decide to pack it in Montreal perhaps beautiful idea (laughs) Portland I mean there's lots of cities that can have a ball have a baseball team well, that's yeah, the thing. Was the, was the last pitcher that they signed? Uh, was was it Mike Hampton? That was notable, at least. And if it was, man, that's that's scary because that was 20, 20 years Hampton, ago. Twenty years ago, at least. Yeah, I remember that idiot with the stupid goatee, and I never liked that guy for some. He's on the all doofus team too with that idiot. But to your like to your point though, Jeff, like that's that was a long time ago. If that was, if that was the last one, right, of notable interest anyway. Yeah, think of some think of some of the teams that they had um, on offense. Like the, some of the the lineups that they put together were unreal. Still couldn't get a big name free agent to sign with them. Yeah. Well, and just also as a fan, to further your point, if you are cheering for the Rockies and you, you know, I think about when they went to the NLCS. I think it was with Matt Holiday. Um, that would have been what maybe two thousand seven World Series. Man. They went. Was the it? Series. Did they end up getting it to the World Series? Okay. Um, so you have a, a, a very limited window to cheer for them as a fan, and then the rug gets yanked from under you, and it just seems like it's a um, it's a cyclical cyclical thing with them and their fan base. They 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 position themselves as a team that's you know we're going to be uh, on the rise, we're going to become competitive, we're going to compete in the division for a playoff spot for a DS or a, or a CS title, and then nothing happens, and they end up trading all their assets away. To be honest, they're like a team that I forget exists. Like when yeah. I see the Rockies on the score, like on on the bottom on the screen or on scroll bar bar or whatever, like oh yeah, the Rockies, Colorado has a baseball team. But yeah, this isn't going to help, obviously. And just highway robbery, obviously, for the Cardinals, who just instantly, obviously, become the favorites in a pretty winnable division. Now, did 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 Arenado already have the opt out after twenty twenty two, or was he given that? Um to make this trade happen. Cause I know that he had one for the end of 2021 where you can opt out at the end of this year actually, but then he also has one for next year too. So did he always have that? Do you know? I think so. Wow. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I, he this has guy one holds all the cards. Year. Well, that's the thing. Like you, you, you do all these things to, to get him to sign long-term in Colorado. And I just feel like mm, maybe it's just another one of those things where i'm getting older and patience just isn't a thing with this new generation in any kind of aspect of the world or life sports or otherwise but everybody just makes decisions knee-jerk so quick right now right like and then you 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 have the complete contract and all of a sudden he's he's gone like it's crazy to me and then you have a complete contrast in the st louis cardinals where it seems like every player wants to play there um i have a lot of respect for st louis i they're they're always competitive they're always you know, they seem to be always in it. Um, might have a, a year or two where they're they're not competitive or they're not in the playoffs, but it seems, you know, generally speaking, that they're one of the teams that always have a chance to make it far. Um, and the players always want to play there. You know, a couple of years ago, Paul uh, Goldschmidt was traded there. Now it's Arenado, and they always seem to attract um, and end up signing or re-signing those players that they that they receive in the trade. And they, you know, I think back. Uh, 2003 or 2002 they did the same thing with scott Rowland. philly had traded scott Rowland to the cards and then you end up having you know a great number of seasons there before i think heading to the blue jays but fuck scott Rowland. but he also did have a great you know a stint there so, so you got, you got, a really well-run franchise they are and maybe it's uh east coast bias but it, it just everyone thinks of franchises that are that are run well that are that are perennial winners like uh like the yankees but Man, St. Louis just is always in the thick of it. Like I can't remember, I don't ever remember a time where St. Louis was a bottom feeder. Like yeah. I, I don't think they've ever 
um, ever dipped that low. They've obviously had seasons where they didn't make the playoffs or maybe played 500 ball, but they've never been a bottom feeding team. They, they've always been a team that um, is uh, is competitive and uh, often or oftentimes um, like World Series competitive. And I think they're pretty much done with what they need to do now heading into next season. They seem to have, uh, I think, I think they seem to get the man that they want and uh, no more, no more uh, free agent signings or acquisitions for St. Louis. It would appear. Um, speaking of St. Louis, uh, I wanted to mention that I did start watching that under the grapefruit tree documentary, Mark. Oh, um, nice. Jeff, have you, have you had a chance to see this or do you know this about this documentary, the CC Sabathia documentary? No, no. Tell me more. So, it, it well, Mark, won't you won't you give a quick um, overview of the documentary for Jeff? Yeah, so it's on. It's an HBO Sports documentary. You can we can find it here on Crave. Um, and yeah, it's just a it documents CC Zabathia's last year in Major League Baseball, and also documents his battle with uh, alcoholism during that last year too. Which, if you remember, uh, he went off to rehab literally um the last series before the playoffs uh against the series with the astros and everybody was like wow um crazy timing but you come away with it uh a cc sabathia fan because he's a pretty good dude yeah and, you know he's, he's a greater appreciation for him if you didn't absolutely. have one already and and you know normally i would say i don't want to mention anything because i don't want to spoil um the documentary but jeff being the human equivalent to a baseball encyclopedia i'm not too worried what was most outstanding for me in that documentary and i still have admittedly a little bit left of that that to watch maybe about 20 minutes or so but the um, impact that he had for african americans in the sport where you know he i think there was at least two off the top of my head where he ranked in the top three or the, as the only African-Americans to win 250 games to strike out more than 3000. And he's in with the likes of Bob Gibson and um, Fergie Jenkins, mm -hmm. which are two um, incredible pitchers that did so much for the game um, and their communities as well. So it was uh, yeah, it was a great, it was a great documentary. I'm excited to see the rest of it, but I just thought I would mention that uh, I did take your advice and I started watching the Tiger one. On the other hand, I haven't gotten there yet. Well, uh, I'll definitely watch it. I'm a huge, uh, huge Negro League history buff. Um, I will devour anything to do uh, with, uh, with that era of baseball. Um, and I read uh, a great article. I wish uh, I could remember who wrote it. Now I have to Google it. We can talk about another uh, episode, but um, it was an article about um, the disappearance of the black baseball player mm. and that uh, people of color are uh, Latin American and not African American um, and that it's transitioning into um, outside of the third world uh, a bit of a middle-class sport which is really really unfortunate that um, this type of exclusivity um, has uh, crept its way into the sport because it's such a such a wonderful game to play. And, and, and I know I'm biased because, you know, I've been playing ball since I was like three. Um, but of all the sports that I've played, and I've played lots of sports at various different competitive levels, I've never had more fun than I did playing baseball. Um, and to see that the sport's been, um, you know, consciously or subconsciously taken away from an entire community and demographic uh, really is heartbreaking. Um, yeah. So I hope that, you know, uh, there's, uh, more grassroots initiative to uh, to reach out to um, to different economic groups to um, you know to encourage uh, encourage participation in the game because um, you know you're, you're eventually you're going to lose out um, on just speaking selfishly from a fan perspective you're going to lose out on a huge talent pool um, but it's just um, it's just another gateway for you know disadvantaged people to um, um, you know to get some joy out of life. Mm -hmm. yeah well said well said so uh, yeah get, uh, next time we have you on hopefully you'll have had a chance to see it in between that time and I'd, we'd love to hear what you uh, what you think about it uh, Dustin Pedroia announced his retirement today Mark I know Here. you're a huge fan uh, of him Jeff do you love him as much as Mark uh, yeah clearly <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, well, we'll, we'll move on from that. Then. Um, <laughs> rookie of the year, you know, multiple uh, all-stars, yada, yada, yada. Yep, glad he's gone years. and I don't have to see him anymore. But Back you're, you're going to miss the... Uh, <laughs> what else is happening in baseball? Is that it for TWIB then? Yeah, I think, well... I, I mean, there's talk, obviously, there's going to be lots more talk over the next year or so about the labor, upcoming labor strife. And, you know, the the owners proposed something to the players union this week and the players union rejected it. And it had to do with expanded playoffs and uh, pushing back the start of spring training. And uh, it sounds like the players are going to reject that. So that means spring training is going to happen at a regular time, I guess. But uh, it's just, to me, that's getting way too Democrats versus Republican. And, you know, black is white and white is black. And the sides are just disagreeing to disagree. And that's going to lead to no baseball next year. No, don't be pessimistic. Mm. Realistic. I hope that doesn't happen. But we shall see. (laughs) All right, well... I mean, honestly, I haven't uh, I haven't really given that much thought, to be honest, so I don't really have an opinion just yet on that, other than I just hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, well, it's just, I don't know, like everything else, sides don't want to agree on anything these days, and so much of it is posturing and negotiating and bad faith and leaking things to the public and stuff, and it's just been messy from... <sighs> even before last year, right? Like, let's not forget that that whole season last year happened because Rob Manford initiated uh, some special commissioner's clause that had like a 60-game season to it. So that's why we had that season at all last year because those two yeah, sides it wasn't were looking too fighting, promising. We're fighting uh, cats and dogs last, last year too. So I don't know. Well, fingers crossed. Hey, um, I'm a sports fan, so I want to see sports. Um, uh, I love baseball and I want to see baseball being played, but I don't love it as much as I love people not dying from this pandemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so if, if, uh, if I'm going to make it, um, you know, um, a one or the other decision, I'll go another year without watching baseball. Uh, if it means yep. that, uh, you know, we can save some lives. Well, that was a debate that came up this week too, about, uh, one of the things about the Jays playing in Toronto or not, like right now, Dodger stadium, for instance, is a vaccination clinic. Yeah, that's true. Now they had to close it down the other day because they're idiots storming the gates, anti-vaxxers. And uh, for some reason they let people do that instead of just, uh, anyways, that's a whole other subject. But uh, so I could see something like the Rogers center, you know, just big public spaces needed for things like that. Right. Like I feel if we were doing this rollout properly, then that's how things would happen. But um, yeah, uh, again, I shouldn't have even brought that up. Just a whole other topic and probably a whole other podcast. We'll save it for next week's TWIB. <laughs> okay, coming back uh, on the other side, we'll have some, uh, some fun because I have a few ideas, a few Ooh. things up my sleeve, as it were. All right, so a bit of internet problems. So I'm going to try this again with the same amount of enthusiasm in a segment I like to call what were you thinking? Uh, so I came across a story and I wanted to share it with you um, and get your thoughts. Nothing crazy, but I would never do it personally in my lifetime. I don't think uh, Mark, you would and Jeff, perhaps you will or you wouldn't or you would or you wouldn't. Um, but I'd like to ask what your uh what your tolerance is for hot food, hot sauce, that kind of thing, hot peppers, all of the above. My tolerance is um, insanely high. Okay. <laughs> coming this in might hot. Be a, coming in hot. Uh, Mark yourself. Mine is certainly nowhere near insanely high. I would say it's, I would say when it comes to hot sauce and stuff like that, I am a poser. A poser. Okay. Mm. I haven't heard their, that word in probably about 15 years. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So there is a guy from London, Ontario named Mike Jack. Um, so pretty close to all of us, relatively speaking. 
and uh, he has a YouTube channel called Mike Jack Eats Heat. He has about twenty-seven and a half thousand subscribers, and uh, he just broke three Guinness Book of World Records involving hot peppers. So I'm going to tell you these records that he broke, um, what the previous record was, and then what he ended up breaking it with, and get your thoughts. So just to put it into some context, Jeff, you might already be aware of this, but just in case you aren't, Mark, I'll provide it to you. So a jalapeno has a, an average Scoville, which is the measure of, I guess, heat, you could say, has an average Scoville of about 25 to 2800. Ghost peppers, or the Grim Reaper pepper, has a Scoville of, I want to say, 1.6 to 2 million Scoville. So that just puts it in two different peppers. Okay, so the um, the carrot lab, the ghost pepper. Yeah, the, ghost, uh, the ghost peppers from uh, Bangladesh. It's uh, the Naga and Jolakia pepper. Yeah. Um, the Reapers from, uh, the... it's actually um, like a, a lab made pepper. You can't find it in the wild. Right, it's, so... it's a. Um... It's a cross, right? It's a mix, isn't it? Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's called the Carolina Reaper because the guy who invented it uh, lives in South Carolina. So it's called there the Carolina Reaper. So yeah, the ghost, uh, the uh, ghost pepper, the boot Jolokia, is that what you said? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay, so this guy um, using that type of pepper broke three records. So the first record was fastest time to eat three ghost peppers. The previous record was 16.15 seconds. And he had broken that uh, with 9.75 seconds. The second record was most ghost peppers um, eaten in one minute. The previous oh. record was 30 grams. And he had shattered that record with 97 grams. <laughs> um, and I watched how many peppers that was. And that equates to about 11, 11 peppers. Mm. And then the third one and final record that he broke was most ghost peppers in two minutes. And the previous record from someone in Italy uh, came in at 146 grams. So probably, I don't know, anywhere 12, maybe 13 peppers. Um, he had put down, <laughs> he put down 28 peppers. And so that totaled 246. So he cleared that previous record by a century, no problem. A couple of observations that I took from this video, and you can go to his channel, uh, Mike Jack Eats Heat, to watch this video of the records that he had broke. The amount of times that he went to push his glasses back up to closer to his eyes as the challenge was going on, thinking to myself, you idiot. Like if you slip and you happen to, you know, bring your eye, your finger close to your eye, you're screwed. But yeah, there's numerous times where he was eating away because his head was down, you know, in his plate grabbing all the peppers that he would, you know, lift his hand and push his glasses back as if they were about to fall off. And then uh, he did almost lose it a couple of times and it was on that two minute challenge. I think, I don't know if it was his wife or friend or girlfriend or what have you. There was about 10 seconds left. And at this point he had gagged, I don't know, maybe four or five times. And she's like, five seconds left, put one more down, get one more down. And he had already eaten 27 <laughs> and he still does it. And uh, he's still alive, kicking, Mike Jack. That's crazy though. I would never do it. I would like to think that I have some tolerance to heat and with some respect I do, but um, nothing like this, nothing like this. Thoughts? Jeff, or um, <clears throat> um, funny story is most of these, and I don't want to say all of them, but most of these um, you know, extreme uh, hot pepper eaters are all recovering drug addicts. Oh, uh, okay. And, and, and I don't and I don't say that you know to be glib, like uh, like oh, they're you know, but the, for whatever reason, um, this is their new high because okay. you actually do the 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 feeling of uh, of euphoria uh, that you get from from hot foods um, has been equated to like a runner's high. So after someone goes for um, like a 20k run and their body's cooling down and they have like a like a like a, a tingle from head to toe yeah um, that's exactly how i feel after my 20ks yeah oh me too <laughs> uh, um so it uh it, it is uh, in, in its own way um it's, it's a it's a rush you do your body's flooded with endorphins uh, and dopamine 
Uh, because what happens, uh, capsaicin or capsicum, however you want to pronounce it, that's uh, the resin um, that lives in the peppers that gives it its heat. So the highest concentration of this resin is in that little tiny membrane that um, uh, surrounds the seed. Um, so that, that's where the that's where 90% of a pepper's heat is in. The flesh of the pepper is maybe 5 to 10% of the heat. Uh, but the, the flesh is actually where the flavor is. That's where the flavor is. Um, so, um, eating um, uh, eating these hot peppers, what happens is it's it's a mind trick. So, uh, it triggers a chemical reaction in your brain where your brain thinks you're injured, um, and the type of injury it is. Um, being duped into thinking is happening is similar to like a chemical burn, hmm. but you're actually not injured. So there is, so the burn is imaginary, but you're, but the mind is so convinced that you're injured that you feel pain. And yeah. it only happens in, it only happens to mammals. Um, so how these uh, peppers propagate is Birds will eat them, and then though as they fly away, they just shit it out. So like birds are the ones responsible for spreading these these peppers, but mammals can't eat them. So uh, ground rodents uh, that will, might eat these peppers and decimate the population can't touch them. Cause, <laughs> That's cause crazy. Because it, it reacts to mucous membranes. So your tongue, the inside of your mouth, um, your eyes. Um, uh, I made the mistake once of eating hot wings and then uh, going to the bathroom. Um, um, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's only that uh, that top ten percent that stings. The rest is just like normal flesh, right? But um, so it, it's it's an interesting trick. So when you're building a tolerance, what you're really doing is you're slowly but surely, after gradually increasing the heat over many 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 attempts, um, getting your brain used to um, the additional levels of capsicum in your system. Um, but at some point, when you get up to these levels that these guys are eating, when they're eating these super hot peppers, um, it's it, it really is. It's uh, it's it just these guys seeking a thrill. It's not enjoyable. I, I have absolutely zero interest in even taking a bite of a Carolina Reaper. Like, no, thank you. I was going to ask because yeah. you should qualify yourself how you know all this. Like, you you managed a hot sauce store, right? Uh, yeah, I was. Um, uh, like a minority partner um, in uh, this business. It, they, their business was um, infused oils and vinegars. Uh, that's not enough to get uh, people to in the door. So what they did is they built this business of being Canada's largest storefront retailer of uh, unique uh, hot sauces and other condiments like salsas and barbecue sauces, et cetera, et cetera. And you could sample everything that we sold. So you could walk into the store Everything that we sold, I would have some in my fridge, and I could give you a little bit of taste. So, because I was, you know, I was always a fan of hot stuff, uh, it seemed like an easy thing for me to do. Um, and then, of course, I just had to make myself an expert so that I could talk about the products. You know, what's amazing about this take is two things, really. The information that I learned about, you know, hot peppers and what happens, and you know, who's more likely to be someone that can do this things that I did not know and the and the fact that I knew none of like I had no idea that you managed or was a were a minority partner in, in this type of business so it was almost like I just I was just looking this week at stories that were interesting and randomly picked one knowing that you were coming on the show and it just so happened to be a story regarding hot peppers that's it's a crazy world yeah it is serendipitous man how serendipitous um, so what else you got for us, Steve? What else do you set up? Well, I, okay. So yeah, maybe what we can do, let's just finish off, um, the episode with a quick quiz. Um, it's not long. It's like 25 to I think 27 questions. Um, so what? we'll do... <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, let's do that. And, uh, I'll ask you both to participate. I won't, I'll be the, uh, God rest his soul, the Alex Trebek of this segment, and ask you guys some trivia questions. It, 
majority will be baseball, but then I'll sprinkle in some sweet random trivia that uh, doesn't touch on the, the world of baseball. So if we can do that, um, I was going to do some Jeopardy music, but I'll, uh, I'll forego that due to some technical issues earlier on this evening. Um, so we'll start off. Uh, Good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Safe call, right? Remember those? Do you remember when we would be doing the podcast in Calgary and numerous times we would have to do the podcast, the same podcast. Over. It was like three or four times. And by the very end of it, on the last successful one, we were just angry. Yes. <laughs> and joke. I was worried, actually, you called me right after last week's podcast, which I thought was pretty good. And uh, I, immediately, I immediately thought, oh, no, he didn't record it, but uh, was pleasantly relieved when that wasn't the case. Yeah, I just remember there was one time in particular that we had uh, Shay and Mike, friends of ours in Calgary, join us for an episode. And we had to, this is obviously back in 2006 when podcasting wasn't a thing, being trendsetters <laughs> that we are. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had to record, I think it was three or four times, and we were angry. We were probably three sheets to the wind by the time we had finished the final take. And anyway, so I'm not going to play music, uh, but I will start off. So, yeah, I don't know exactly how many questions. We'll say 10, give or take. I'll ask you both, and uh, we'll go from there. So question number one, which sporting event is held every year on Memorial Day? I'll give you about five seconds. Memorial Day. Which sporting event is held uh, every year on Memorial Day? Is that the Kentucky? No. Three. It's, it's, oh, two, the Indy 500? One. And Jeff, your guess? U.S. Open. U.S. Open. Uh, 500 points for Indianapolis 500. Mark, you win this question. I'm right. not really keeping track of the points, to be honest. My first thought was it was one of those racehorses. Right, well, race horse races. Racehorse races. What an idiot. Sure. The Belmont? Yeah, or the Preakness. What's the other one? The Preakness. The Preakness. But anyways, in, I got it in, right. In my, uh, in my weekly um, mention of the crown, because uh, I seem to be saying that to talking about it every every week on the podcast, um, the Queen was an avid um, equestrian. She loved horse races. Anyway, moving on. Uh, on a dartboard, which number is directly opposite number one? Ooh. Clue, it's not 180. That's not why they're bailing it out. 19? I'll say... I want to say 11. Is that your final answer? Yep. It's all tied up. Jeff wins this round. Wow. 19. What, what did you say? 19? 19. Yeah. Um, what were the Seattle Pilots renamed to in 1970? No Googling, no intranets. What were the Seattle Pilots renamed to in 1970? Hmm. Supersonics. Yeah, I believe that's that's also my answer. The Milwaukee, Milwaukee Brewers. They moved and became the Brewers. Milwaukee I knew it wasn't Brewers. the Mariners because the Mariners were expansion cousins with the Jays and they obviously didn't come in in 70. Okay, moving on. Uh, moving on, we will go and stay with baseball. In 1965, which stadium became the Major League's first covered ballpark? 1965? You got it. No, what? In 1965, which stadium became the Major League's first covered ballpark? Oh, I thought you gave Jeff the answer because he said 1965. I, no. Sorry. Um, the Astrodome, I think. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Correct. I had to throw a Houston question right. there. <laughs> Okay, uh, this shortstop has the record for turning the most double plays. Is it Ozzie Smith, mm. Derek Jeter, Honus Wagner, or Barry Larkin? Ozzie Smith, Derek Jeter, Honus Wagner, or Barry Larkin for the shortstop who has recorded turning the most DPs? My answer, I'm going to say Ozzie. I think I would say Ozzy, not only because it seems the obvious one. Um, I think it might be something I'll feel. I'll say Larkin. Okay. Mark, you'll take this one. Ozzy, the Wizard of Oz Smith. He turned uh, just under 1,600 double plays over his 18-year career. So mm. 1,590 double plays. 
All right. Uh, which is the only NFL team? We talked a bit about Super Bowl earlier this episode. So which is the only NFL team to neither host or play in a Super Bowl game? Oh, wow. Which is the only NFL team to neither well, host or play in a Super Bowl game? Well, I would think it would have to be this version of the Cleveland Browns, right? Like they haven't sniffed a Super Bowl or obviously aren't going to host one. I don't even know if the original St. Lu- or Cleveland Browns got to Super Bowl, did they? That's my answer both ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll have to piggyback on the Browns. You both got that right. The Cleveland Browns. Well, 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 well. As soon as you hear the host Super Bowl game, you, you got to basically take out. It's going to be a cold weather. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Jeff, this one's for you. Being the the learned reader that you are. Who is the author of Jurassic Park? Oh, come on. You can answer too, Mark. Well, yeah, it's Michael Crichton. Okay, excellent. You both got it right. He also wrote Jurassic Park 2, 3, Jurassic World, Jurassic Planet. Jurassic Galaxy? (laughs) (laughs) does it ever end um okay two more questions two more questions uh true or false in 2010 twitter and the united states library of congress partnered together to archive every tweet by american citizens true or false in what year in 2010 twitter and the united states the United States Library of Congress partnered together to archive every tweet by American citizens. Was this, in fact, true or false? Every tweet ever? Up to up until that date? In 2010, I'll read the question one more time. No, we don't in have 2010. to. We got it. I got it. You got it, Jeff. Every American tweet by an American. Yeah. By no, American citizens. Twitter started, I feel, in like 2008. What's the point in doing that? Like, I don't, I'm like, I feel like it would break a bunch of laws too. So I'm going to say false. Yeah. I feel like they probably wanted It's true. To. It's yeah, true. And they probably did. Those fucks. It's true. It's those fucking fuckers. Fuckity fuck fucks. To what end, I guess? Like, right? Yeah. Like, yeah it doesn't true. sound like that's very legal either, but it's America. For, so pos- for posterity, so we can look back on, uh, yes. on, on shit boobs 88's tweets from 10 years ago. <laughs> Oh, he's a great follow, though. He spit fire great. back in the day. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end this, uh, end this, <laughs> end this quiz off on what I feel is the hardest baseball question of the ones that we've, I've asked already. Um, let me know if you feel that's the case or not. So, which player has played for 13 major league teams? And I can and will read off the teams if you like. Well, is that the record? Is that the most? Yes, it is the most. So this player played for the Mets, the Astros, the A's, the Yankees, the Royals, the Braves, the White Sox, the Pirates, the Dodgers, the Rockies. I think he had a cup of coffee with the Jays, the Cardinals, and the Tigers. And I do believe that was in chronological order. (laughs) Yeah, it's an easy one. It's Edwin Jackson. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that's actually... What? it's not Edwin Jackson. What? One might think. Yeah, one might think. But uh, I'll, you know what? Given that's the last question, I will give you a chance to redeem I was really yourselves. And I will let you answer one more time. Do you want a hint? Mm, no, I'm still steadfast. It's Edwin Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I said no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, give a hint. He, uh, he is a pitcher. <laughs> oh, man. No, I got nothing then. It's got to be got to be a reliever. I would assume. Was it LaTroy Hawkins? Oh, that's oh, a shit. good guess. That's a good yeah. guess. Great guess. He didn't play for that many. Though, but I'm not going to I'm not going to reveal the answer until you say final answer. That's my final answer then, because I don't think it's him, but that's, I'm glad I impressed you guys with the guess. Yeah, I don't know, I'm stumped. 
I'm like Charlie Montoyo. That's a good moral victory for me. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you don't want to uh, just take a guess? I don't. I'm drawing a blank. I feel no, like no, you already said final answer, asshole. Oh, okay. I'm a esteemed guest here. Esteemed, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm drawing a blank. I, 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 I can't get past Edwin Jackson personally. Yeah, same, because we're right. Yeah. <laughs> Hailing from Santo Domenico in Dominican Republic, Octavio Dotel. Oh, man, he is the other guy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He sucked as a Blue Jay, specifically. I think, that's, I think that was a problem. He's just so forgettable. He but he not... also had, like, some good years, I feel, too. Like, mm, I feel like he was yeah. a closer for a couple years and had like some good numbers that way at least he was he, he might have been he might have been on one of my fantasy teams from like 2008 he didn't though he did not have a good year well with respect to saves anyway the highest um saves he had in the season happened uh with, oh. with it was 22 saves um in a year it was 36 but he had um he spent that year between the mets and the astros um right but it was just a very like bland um okay career in my opinion much like um mike sillinger he's like the mike right, sillinger mike of hockey sillinger. of baseball you know? of baseball sorry the mike sillinger of baseball okay well let's end this then on a i'm gonna do a kenny's cutting in like that's a that's a callback to um he's got it down but to that end i think jeff and I don't know, Steve, if this was in the group chat or not over the summer, but I like to play a new game with like athletes or celebrities called Are They Dead? And mm. let's do that with Octavio Dotel. Is Octavio Dotel still alive or has Octavio Dotel passed away? Go. Dead. I'm going to say alive. Steve is correct. Octavio Dotel is still alive. Jeff, I looked that up. Because I thought he was still, I thought he had passed away too. Because he's, he's just one of those pitchers. I know there was. Uh, I'm getting him mixed up with Lima. Remember Lima time? Yeah, yeah, Lima time. Lima? He yeah. passed away, didn't he? he? Yeah, he is the one who who has passed. Yeah. Uh, wow, what a great. Both uh, both former Astros. Yep. Begs you to begs the question of what they're doing in that terrible franchise and that terrible bang, organization. Bang 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 bang. Um, so that was it. Uh, Is that it? That's the it? only that's the only dead or alive question I have for us. Well, it was just because it was so topical, but I feel like that could be a recurring segment as we get this thing into production as well. No, I can't. No, I can't wait for next week. <laughs> so I don't know if anybody's got anything else. I feel like we've gotten pretty long, so maybe we could uh, we should shut her down uh, and say our graces. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree. I would say that if you do happen to listen to the podcast, thank you very much. And as always, if you wouldn't mind rating and leaving a comment on your podcast aggregator of choice, that would be much appreciated. Um, and thanks, Jeff. Really, it was fun to uh, not only have you on the podcast, but a chance to get to chat with you other than through yeah. text and messenger. So please do come back. Yeah, looking forward to the next time. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great week and uh, wash your hands and all that good stuff. Good night. Stay safe. Good